to another episode of Baggers Chat. My name is Mitch Pattinson, and as always, I'm joined by Ethan Duffy. And today we are tonight, actually 6:22 p.m. We are recording Carlton v Fremantle this week, round 17, Sunday 9th of July, 4:40 p.m. Optus Stadium, season on the line, sort of stuff. What else can you ask for? <laughs> Paul Duffy, boy, you are going to the game. First things first, yeah. importantly, mate. How are you, mate? I'm well. I'm well, Pato. Um, I've actually had a few days. I don't know about you. Obviously, Carlton's always on the mind, but I've had a few days just to not think about the Blues. Just have a little bit of a break mentally um, before getting into this episode. Because I don't want to, you know, just want to get be fresh of ideas right in this uh, episode. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm flying out. What is it? When's the episode coming out? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, yeah, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, so I'll be Thursday, Thursday night. I think it's an eight thirty PM flight. So heading up west and uh, a little bit nervous because uh, last year I made the made the trek to uh, Adelaide thinking we we're going to sew up finals and uh, <laughs> that didn't work out too well. So uh, hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's better because I think I think we can win. I seriously, I'm seriously confident yeah. that we can get it done if we can play once again. If we can play the way we know they can, Pato. Yeah. And that's the test, I think, because against Fremantle, they're a solid side, but they haven't been as great as they probably um, expected to this season. Mm. Uh, of course, we'll go in as underdogs, I would believe. Yes, but yeah. it is a team where we've played well the past two weeks, but also we haven't really played against anyone. Fantastic. So yeah. we play against yeah. a very solid outfit this week in Fremantle Dockers, and I'm just I'm nervous to see what happens. Because when the when the when the match starts to get a little bit tough, and it gets yeah. a little bit competitive, and it's down to the moments where you need to actually try and reset yourself, because like, like against good sides like that, it will happen. So yeah, yeah. You just try and reset yourself and try and find other ways to win, and not just have your plan A. You need to have your plan yeah. B, C, D, E. You need to yeah. have all those plans. Try and put everything out there because seriously, it is season defining sort of stuff. It really it is. is. So, um, so of course, it's a little bit of a different um outlook this week for the um podcast, which is always good to change it up. Um, but of course, we are going to start off with our favorite moment against Fremantle, and of course, later on, we'll touch on Nick Newman's 100th game and also Charlie Kerno's 100th game. So, yeah. crazy how crazy how Nick Newman's only played 100 games. That's one thing. Yeah, because he yeah. also played a bit of football at Sydney, but also with Charlie, how quickly that 100th game has come up. But also, it could have come yeah, a hell of a lot quicker. It should have quicker, gone quicker actually. Yeah, mm. because because he's been injured. Um, But favourite moment, Duffy Boy, V Fremantle. I think there is, are a few moments, but there's one moment in my mind. But what's your uh, favourite moment? I know what you're thinking, so I'll, I'll <laughs> get out of that one. But um, no, it's actually the year before um, was the Mark Murphy goal. Out the back, Murphy kept it moving forward. Gibbons hacks it. Off hands, Kasbolt. And he's wrestling. He's trying to take them all on. Fisher, clever. Murphy, the veteran. The sidestep. Oh. The banana. Mark Murphy to try and win it for the Blues of the death. They swapped the veteran. That was a very, very good night. I remember coming home from footy, my footy, uh, sit down, watch the late, you know, WA games, which are usually on those Sundays, and 
um, yeah, it was just a, a really – it was a good game of footy. It was actually a better game of footy than the Nunes game. The Nunes game was actually a terrible game of football, yeah. apart from, obviously, the, the fantastic kick. But, um, no, it was a really good game of football. Obviously, it was wet. We always play him in the wet. Uh, there's always something about Optus and the rain comes down. Hopefully, he doesn't this weekend. But, um, no, nah, that Murphy goal where he's uh, – the banana. It's just it's just Murph. That was – that's uh, – what he is, mate. And we couldn't have backed anyone else other than him to kick that goal. Like yeah. if it was anyone else. Um, but no, it was really good. And I think it was kind of when we started to hit our straps a bit um, at the back end of 2019 with, with Teague, when the whole, you know, Teague mm. train was going um, yeah. around at the time. But yeah, those moments are good. And, you know, we always talk about, oh, when are we going to win finals and when are we going to win premierships? But I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than a good, um, home and away win sometimes, um, especially away. Away wins just mean a little bit more sometimes. I reckon. Mm. I wonder if I wonder when we won that game if David Teague was the he was so he, he was, was actual coach interim interim, interim. yeah. Oh, remember, I so like he was he came on the Brisbane and then he became remember he became the coach round twenty two against St Kilda and it was St Kilda. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it all came together and it was like that sunny day at the G against yeah. the Saints. Yeah. God, how good was that moment? Like, how bad is it that we that we are dreaming at the moment? Because the, re- the reason why I love that game, to go a little bit off track, but the reason why I yeah. love that game is because it was Sunday Arvo footy, sunny yes. day. It was like, it was really like September footy and we were up against fucking St Kilda. So, <laughs> <laughs> the, buddy, the buddy Nick Hyde was fucking giving us a run around. So, oh, <laughs> So, of course, as you mentioned, um, I think it was pretty obvious what my uh, moment was. And, of course, it was the Jack Noon's um, goal in 2020. To win the game for your club, wasting no time, Jack Noon's. Set shot. He strikes it beautifully. He's got it. The Blues win it. Jack Noon's after the siren has won the game for Carlton. That is unbelievable. Just, as you said, it was a shit game of football, but... (laughs) Um, it was also just the moment because oh, the whole the whole time I was just having arms crossed. I know like, it was through COVID, so it was just like arms crossed. I was like, what am I saying? Like we were playing so yeah. bad. And it was such an ugly game of football. Oh, and out of nowhere, and out of no, nowhere, Sam Jockey got it delivered out of bounds. I'm like, oh, mate, here we on. And he kicked it down the floor, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Somehow we've lost the game. And the next minute, Jack Noons has a shot, and I'm like, what the hell has happened? So. Um, but what a kick, what an absolute clutch yeah. kick. So, of course, now we'll touch on the um, 100 games. So, of course, Nick Newman, credit to him. Uh, we're not going to touch on his favorite moment just because he's a little bit more of a um, role player and he's a little bit more of a backman. So, there's not as many moments with Nick Newman. But no disrespect to him, he's by far one of um, our most important players. And reason why he's, his 100th game um, is coming now is just because he probably hasn't gotten enough opportunities at Sydney. But when he's been at Carlton, yeah. if he's not been injured, he's played yeah. most of the game. So, um, but now we're going to touch on Charlie Kerno, which is of course the other hundredth game, um, which is always um, always good to see a dual kind of um, milestone game together because we saw it a couple of weeks ago with Harry McKay and Teddy K. But Charlie Kerno, there's a lot of moments out there, Duffy Boy. But if you could name one moment from Charlie Kerno, what do you think um, would be the one that comes to your mind? Oh, there's a there's a few. Um, I think for mine, when you look at players' first hundred games, it's always that game where you know, yeah, like fuck yeah, we've got a player, we've got a player that's gonna be you know playing for the club for a while and really really good. And I think it was actually came from a loss. 
um, and it was against the Dogs in 2019 uh, when we were about 484 points down with seven minutes to go and somehow we almost won the game and it was off the back of Charlie. Oh, fumble, here they come, O'Brien, where's Charlie Kano? He's got it! Charlie's got it! He's already got career high six. This for a record seven. You just know he's going to kick it, Charlie, and he does. Seven goals. Oh, what about this? We just kept taking marks, and I've never walked out of a game so happy after a loss ever. Yeah. yeah. In the in, like, you know, sometimes obviously it was tough. Obviously, I'd, I'd rather the win, um, but it was just there was something about that night that you know when key forwards are on. They just provide so much entertainment and you could see, you know, he's kicking goals from anywhere and taking grabs and he had that aura about him when the ball was in the air and he obviously has that currently now. Um, and it's just good to see he's made his 100th game because he probably should about should have about 150. But yeah, uh, I'll tell you right now, his next 100 is going to be fucking amazing. Because um, when we, you know, in his 200th game, I'd imagine, hopefully, um, mm. he's been pushing for finals and hopefully won a few more Coleman's. Yeah. Completely spot on. Uh, well said. So <clears throat> I know that that was probably one of the moments that comes to my mind as well. But um, I, I was going to say that, but I've, of course, there's a lot of other moments that Charlie's produced. So I'm going to say another moment. And that was the one against the Dogs round two last year. Tough kick. Brilliant. I don't think there's any doubt in that there's a free kick in that one. Never grabbed possession of the footy, but goes back, makes the most of the opportunity and threads an absolute beauty. He's well and truly back now. And it was yeah. the first time yeah. that he five goals and it looks like that he's come back. Yeah, but yeah. This is one thing that I don't think we give enough credit to. And Charlie <laughs> Kerno came back at the end of the season 2021. He came back... Yeah. And he produced the season that he did in 2022. He played yeah. one or two games, uh, maybe maybe three towards the end of 2021. Yeah. 2022 round one, of course, he played, and we were just like, "Oh, Charlie looks a little bit lost." Yeah. And it was starting to have a little bit of heat and say, "Oh, we don't know how he's how he's going to go because he looks a little bit different after injury." He just, oh, including me, I just I was like a bit nervous. Yeah. Was, the week after, he was like, "Nah." I'm I, like I'm Charlie Kerno, mate. Like this is yeah. this is more, and him really made Marvel Stadium his own. Like he made it mm. his fortress, and um, it was so good to see that because I was it. It probably more is a little bit of an emotional sort of moment rather than the moment that made him Charlie Kerno. It was a bit more yeah. of a oh, we've still got that Charlie Kerno, but we've still got that Charlie back, and yeah, and it was yeah. just so good to see that. So um, but shout out to Charlie and. Also to Nick Newman, of course, but um, now we'll move yeah. on to a bit more into the the game sort of stuff. So, of course, potential inclusions. Uh, we'll just name a few um, players that are expected to play. And there's one name there that has come out of nowhere, the fall from grace. Well, the good yeah. the good fall from grace, yeah. I guess. It is, yes. uh, and it's Ollie Hollands, um, of course, is available this week after a collarbone injury. But, of course, um, Jacob Wittering is free to play as well. Um, after his suspension, um, after his after his so-called suspension, nothing really there. Um, apparently, there was insufficient um, vision that could really give um, the suspension, but I just think it's just down to there was not much in it. So, of course, Matt yeah. Hodgkin is available this week for 
um, for the game this week because uh, of last last week's suspension. Um, TDK is available. He should be available. Um, Mark Pitnett is also available. Of course, these were the two Ruckman that missed last week and left us with uh, Lewis Young and Jack Silvani doing the Ruck work. But out of those names and also transition into your ins and outs, Daffy Boy, um, what are your thoughts on the whole Jacob Wittering, um being free to play? Do you think it was the right call? I'm sure you would think it was the right call. But um, of course, with Ollie Hollins as well, with how hard he's trained, because it's very Sam yeah. Walton-like. He turns a six-week injury into a three-weeker, and it just shows the work rate and the professionalism of, of Ollie Hollins. Um, so what were your thoughts on all these uh, potential inclusions? Yeah, obviously, I'll start off with the weedering one. I think, um, like Vossi said, I think in his press conference, we need to start getting rid of this umpires um, putting players and report during the game. Yeah, I think we have enough footage and technology these days to not report guys on the spot. Whether doesn't matter what they do, you know what I mean? I just feel like this is stupid because it just created a stupid conversation over absolutely nothing. Um, and you know, these umpires, we. Uh, tend to not really trust these blokes. So uh, can we, do we really trust these guys to make calls yeah. like that? It yeah. can really change a season because if he goes and gets reported, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but obviously good to see him free because that's massive, massive for us. Um, it's just I mean, how much safer is it when he's down there, um, the way he's playing currently. Uh, Cotter's huge. Um, I think obviously I'll probably touch on him in the ins. Um, TDK, Pido, Hollands, um, they're all definitely 22, best 22 probably level. Yeah. Um, for mine, I just don't think, I think we, I think we opt Pido to not play this week, maybe play twos. I think he's had a bit of a, I think he's had a bit of a history with the, I think it's a PCL sprain, which he had last that, uh, when we, uh, Sean Darcy got him with the knee. Uh, round five last year, which was the exact same injury. So he's obviously sprained that, which is a lesser, um, less damage, but you don't really want to just chuck him in. You know what I mean? I feel like we chucked him in last year against Adelaide, which the game we touched on um, just before. And it was, yeah, it was really, really hard to watch. But mm. yeah, um, Holland's twos as well for mine. I think just don't put pressure on the kid. He's definitely good enough, but yeah. um, give him a few weeks. And if he pushes down the door, then he's going to be in. Completely spot on. Couldn't have said any better with those names. Um, I do agree somewhat with Pitnet. Um, so, of course, now we'll touch on the ins and outs. Um, Daffy Boy, who are you bringing in and who are you bringing out? So, I am bringing in Matty Cottrell and TDK. Wow. So, what? I think those two, obviously, pending the whole TDK injury situation, but we're just right now, we'll just imagine he's fit. Um, and outs, I've got Lewis Young and Ed Kerno. So, and the sub will be Lewis Young because um, like I'd imagine TDK would be touch and go. So, if he can't run out the game, then maybe the second half or the last quarter, Lewis Young comes in. Yeah. And then if a, you know if, if we're struggling on their forwards, maybe Lewis Young goes back and subs in for a camp. I don't know, but I just think Lewis Young just needs to be that in, sub in case TDK can't run out the game. Yeah, it's a good call. Um, so our our uh, well, my ins and outs is very similar, but yeah. one change, a little bit yeah. different. So of yeah. course, I started with my outs. I think it's pretty self explanatory. Um, Lewis Young, he played he played a good game. Yeah, like, no, he did. He did. It's like it's it's actually like one of the moments that comes to mind <laughs> is that Will Setterfield last year. He came yeah. in, did his role, but yeah. Also, the I, I think he played the Collingwood game actually, but if I think it was if yeah. someone was fit, 
he would have had to make way. And it's just, it's stiff. It's unlucky, but it just, there, <laughs> unfortunately, there are other options. So Lewis Young, Ed Kerno, um, are my outs. Um, I thought, I thought we are, I thought just for a second that we killed the boy, <laughs> but we haven't. So hopefully we tried. <laughs> hopefully, Ed, I mean, credit to Ed Kerno. He did play somewhat decent last week, but I just don't think he needs to be in the side. So I don't want to see, and it's no disrespect if we play him because it's Charlie Kerno's 100th game. I thought we were past that. I thought we were past yeah, something yeah. like like giving Mark Murphy um, all the games so he can get to 300. I don't want to see yeah, that yeah. anymore. We no. go out there to win games of football. We aren't going there to gift games to guys that well and truly, they, they might deserve it, but there are other options. There are younger yeah. options. There are better options. So yeah. um, I've also brought in Matt Cottrell. Um, I think he's an absolute lock. And I've brought in Mark Pittenet. Okay. Uh, after you kind of mentioned about how it is might be a little bit of a risk with his PCL, wouldn't it be the same story with TDK? Well, like, like, like that's my yeah, question. Yeah. Like, be, like, like, do you reckon it could be a thing this week where we might just give Lewis Young another go, especially coming up against Sean Darcy, Luke Jackson? I know Luke Jackson's probably playing more as that key forward, and, and Josh Tracy is going in as that second ruck. I'm not too sure what that's about. Um, but whatever they do, Fremantle, I know Sean Dice is going to be, be the main ruck, but whether it's going to be Luke Jackson or um, or or a Josh Tracy going through as that second ruck, does that make uh, does that make a difference with Lewis Young or do we just risk either a TDK or a Pitnet this week and just say you go out there and if we and if if it all goes to shit, we got Lewis Young as a sub. Yeah, yeah, I just I can't. Um, I I get what you're saying. I agree. I completely agree because you you're probably risking both. But I think if they're test wise and they're fit, they got to play. Yeah. Um, I think we can bring both in. I don't think we can bring both. I just don't. I just can't. You know, really be confident that we can get the job. I know they got the job done on the weekend, right? The Lewis Young Silvani combo. But you've got to go, you got Darcy. You got Luke Jackson, right? Yeah. These guys. Are, a little bit better than the guys we faced on the weekend. I know, like obviously the two guys on the ruck on the weekend were big fellas, like big ruckman. Obviously they won the hitouts, but in terms of guys like Darcy, there hitouts to advantage are massive. Like Pito, you know they're they're actually hitting hitting guys and then they go like Sarongs yeah. and stuff like that. That's why Sarong and that get so many so much of the ball. Obviously they're superstars, but they work really well with their ruckmen. So um, yeah, if they if they're fit, you get you have to play. You'd have to play TDK or or Pito, but because uh, I just don't, I just can't see us playing Youngie and Silvani again. But like, which is fine. Like, I, I was fine with that on the weekend, but I just don't think I'd be confident enough. Yeah. Um, I don't think Sauce deserves to be dropped either. So, um, yeah, it's a tough one. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the question because Lewis Young probably, arguably, doesn't really have a reason to be dropped either. So no, that's that's the question because that like so many fan channels and so many podcasts are saying that Lewis Young is to be dropped this week and Jack Silvani is that second ruck. So what is it that Silvani produced last week that Lewis Young didn't produce? Because we both have, have the exact same thing. We didn't we didn't drop Silvani and I expect him to be the second ruck. What was it about Jack Silvani that you saw that makes him get a game this week over Lewis Young's that second ruck? 
I think he was really, really good on the weekend. I, yeah. I think that was the best game I've ever seen Jack Silvani with ball in hand, like ball yeah. use. He was taking on these kicks through the middle of the ground. And I just watched the video on Twitter um, just before. It was like a minute of his ball use or whatever. And he was taking on these kicks that I had never seen him take on. Yeah. Um, obviously, our team currently are taking better kicks than we have in the first half of the year, which is obviously good, but also frustrating. But that we didn't see that at the start of the year. But yeah, with Silvani, I just feel like he's... He get you know we were talking about it a few weeks ago that you know he could be on the outer but if he if he consistently you know fills holes there's no need for us to get rid of him yeah. at all I don't, I don't think it, I don't think he will stay that's currently maybe like a two year deal but I think he has to play I think he provides something for us um, and I think he was probably I think he was the third highest rated player on the ground on the weekend so mm-hmm. uh, no you know not having a go at Lewis Young I thought he was really really good and defensively he's really good. Um, on, on, on the big fellas but yeah I just think Soss ahead of the ball he pro- probably provides a little bit more than Youngie in terms of forward craft but uh, I'm not sure what you think yeah well that's the thing because you can also yeah. say the same thing for Lewis Young because you can provide Tuck something defensively as well yes. so, yeah. and that's and that's the pure that's the pure reason why I have brought in Mark Pitnett and, and not TDK because he can support Silvani where say um because Pito doesn't move around the ground as much. Uh, he doesn't move the, uh, around the ground as um, as great as Tom as what Tom DeConing does. But that's what Jack Silvani is there for. Well, I reckon that's yeah. what his what what his great asset is as that second ruck is he can he might not be able to outbody that second ruck, but he can out maneuver him. Like he can move around the yeah. ground. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's one thing with Silvani, and that's why I don't know if I want to bring in Tom DeConing because if I see TDK up against a uh, Sean Darcy. I know, I know TDK will still be serviceable, but I think Pitnet could get that upper hand because strength-wise, they he can he can beat Darcy. And if a Jackson or a Tracy goes in as that second ruck against Jack Silvani, we know we're going to lose a hit out, but Silvani can get them ground ball-wise, and that's what yeah, that's yeah. my reason. That's my pure reason why I want Pit, um why I want Pito to come in. Instead of TDK, because if they're both so, the so, same, yeah. So on that point, you're going to play TDK in the twos. Uh, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I that's a thing because waste of time. Yeah, that's a thing because you you can't. But but unless you drop both Sauce and Young, but I don't think you're bringing two guys who are under test clouds. But, but I'm also I'm almost at the point now where I've given up with the Pitto TDK combination. Really? Because Silvani impressed me so much last week as that second yeah. ruck. And if he can just keep this role for two more weeks, three more weeks, and he produces great football, that's his role. That is yeah. his role. And Silvani's been great as that second ruck. Like even throughout the year, we've actually like, he's actually not been that bad as a second ruck. It's just yeah. There's small things where we're just like, no, he can't play as that second ruck. But in yeah. total, he's actually been quite serviceable. And that's what mm-hmm. you want to see a second ruck. And one thing that I'm so optimistic about with this second ruck as Silvani is it's different. It's not predictable. Like it's yeah. not like Silvani is the guy that is going to drop his head and and accept a loss. He's gonna go down fighting for the navy blue jumper. And that tells mm. me that he almost has to play. Well, I know that we talk so much about effort, but last week 
that was a different type of effort. That was intent for the footy. That was that was anger. That was like a bit of like like heart. Like he he always shows heart, but it was a little bit mm. more like anger to he's he's a bit pissed off with the club. Because it seems like they're trying to push him out the door, but he just had a different and maybe it was a one week wonder. We don't know. Because if he yeah. if he goes back to what to the football that he has been playing this year, that's when my um my opinion changes. But yeah. I just I just don't I, I mean I don't know your th- I mean I want your thoughts on what I just spoke about because I don't know if you see it differently. Do you reckon TDK and Pitnet is the right combination moving forward when they're both fit? Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, you know, you think about it and you go, "Why well, are we talking about this so much?" But it's so important, I think, um, especially with our midfield. That's a pretty high quality midfield. Yeah. Um, for mine, if I had to pick between TDK and Pitto, like I don't know, it's tough for me. It's really tough for me because I I'm more of a fan of TDK in terms of he can play around the ground more like a modern type ruckman. Whereas in Pitto's little bit of like he's good, he's good. I like him, but he's just that kind. You know what I mean? Like he's just one yeah, of those rucks. Like I'm not trusting him to hit. You know, hit it, hit someone on the tit up forward. But I can probably trust Teddy K coming out of the center more likely. He's a, he's a better ball user. He's more of a modern type ruckman. Yeah, and then we, you know, it's just frustrating. I think we almost need another ruckman in the in the trade period where they are. You know that kind of Andrew Phillips type where they can come in if, yeah. if a pitter or TDK isn't right, because I just think our ruck stocks are a little bit low right now. Yeah. But one more, one more thing on this, on this. Ruck <laughs> conversation. No, but no, 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 because it really yeah. is great conversation because yeah. it's something that that's been really talked about within the club, but this is just my opinion. And I want your thoughts on this and, and tell me if you, if you think differently, I think a, the ruckman position is a dying position. That's my pure opinion. And I just yeah. think that we can, if we know that Pitnet isn't a great ball user, so we can adapt to that. Yeah. Yeah. And say, yeah, yeah. And say, if you need a little bit of, if you feel like you're getting smashed in the, in the, um, in the sense of Pitnet is always getting the clearance and kicking it forward. That's when you kind of change it with Silvani. Cause Silvani isn't small. Like and, no. and he's got a bit of leap, and of course he's not as strong as the ruckman that he'll come up against. But that all also makes the opposition ruckman a little bit tough. Like it, it makes it a little bit tough on them because they aren't versing a genuine ruckman. They're coming up against yeah. Jack Silvani that is like, oh, I don't really know what to do here because you don't know what he's going to do. Mm. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, would you want to touch on saying? With that, like, with what you think about that, about yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I guess it's yeah. You could say it's a dying position, but then yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough because then you see you know games like that on the weekend, then you go yeah, it is a dying position because we lost the hitouts and we won the clearances. But then you might face a Melbourne where you probably can't afford to do that if you've got Grundy and Gorn in the ruck. It's really tough because you know I just I don't know. It really depends on how the ruckman plays in terms of hitout to advantage. Yeah, which Pito tends to be really good at. So, um, how we just scrap the ruck when we just get a fourth midfielder? That'll make it easier. <laughs> Who knows, mate? Lloyd Meek might be on the cards, mate. So, oh, fuck. <laughs> better not be. <laughs> All right, we'll move on now to our, of course, the ground overview. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna now just stick to try and um try and stick to just a key matchup each each yeah. line. So, of course, 
We'll start off with the back line, and it's Jacob Wiedering up against Luke Jackson, thinking that Luke Jackson is going to be that genuine um, key forward. Because it seems like Fremantle are trying to experiment with that, um, as Jackson being that Tracy role and Tracy being that second ruck. So what are your thoughts on this matchup, Daffy Boy? Yeah, no. Um, no, I think with um, with Jackson, he's that type of player that every club probably kind of cries out for in terms of can ruck and go forward. Like you said, I think it is a little bit of a dying position. Um, I did actually just think about that. And, you know, I think, like, the you know, those big ruckmen aren't really the, the the man anymore unless they're really, really good. And just that kind of maybe a Nick Nat who's that big but also good around the ground. But I just feel like, um, you know, guys like Jackson and that, when they can have impact ahead of the ball is so important. But, yeah, this is a massive matchup. I, I think... Uh, Wiedering is the best number one uh, one-on-one defender in the competition. He's lost like six one-on-ones this year. Wow. I don't know how many one-on-ones there would be. Currently, how many rounds are we in? 16. Mm. It'd be probably three, four, five a game. And yeah. on the weekend, I don't think he lost many. To be honest, he was just getting Lewis, Mitch Lewis in the chest and taking grabs. So, mm. um, no, it's going to be important. We just can't let Jackson off the leash because when he is um, confident and, you know, springing and jumping on blokes' heads, then um, it's going to be a bit of a worry. So, and, they've, you know, they've, they've got other forwards in there which who are handy as well. I think uh, Walters had four goals last week and obviously they've got that young fella, Amiss, who actually just re-signed on a uh, six-year deal. So, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting, Pato. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm confident in a sense of if they're experimenting with Luke Jackson playing as that key forward, he's not a genuine key forward. So yeah. I reckon Weeders will well and truly um whoever goes to Weeders, whether if if it's a Amos or even a um even a Tracy, like seriously, like yeah. like they might go back uh with Luke Jackson being that um second ruck. I think it's probably the right move because I actually yeah. rate Tracy quite yeah, highly. Good. I reckon he's quite good. Um so I reckon Weeders probably lock is either Jackson or um, or Tracy, who, whoever plays in that role, and then of course a Kemp will probably go to a um, a uh, Amis, Amis or Amis. Um, Amis. as long as he doesn't, as long as he doesn't have the ball on Sunday. Yep, spot on. <laughs> Next man, six goals, Amis. Okay, so we'll now move on now to the midfield. Um, of course you can touch on some other names, Daffy Boy, throughout, but of course this is the key matchup, which is uh. He's versing his former side, Adam Chera, up against his good mate, Andrew Brayshaw. So um, Andrew Brayshaw is a great upcoming midfielder. I reckon um, I rate him quite quite highly. And I reckon I reckon if he if he played um I reckon next season or the season after he's very much up there for a, a Brownlow fancy. But this matchup, and of course some other names, Daffy Boy, if you want to mention them, um, what are your thoughts on this matchup initially and also some other uh, midfielders in there? Adam Chera. Adam Chera, Adam Chera, Adam Chera. Um, yeah, no, this guy's uh, almost the best midfielder at the club currently. Uh, it's probably hard to probably overtake Cripper just based on, you know, his consistency over the last probably, you know, 12 months in terms of a brown low. But Jesus Christ, he's definitely up there. Um, I think he's definitely easily surpassed um, Walshy this season. Obviously, Walshy come from an injury. So, um, yeah, but it, yeah, another opponent who's just another really good midfielder in Brayshaw. He's that modern type kind of um, just runs all day, kicks goals, which is what we're starting to see in Chera's game, you know, getting those ones and two goals every week because it's huge to have midfielders kick goals. But 
mate, I back him in. Oh, I seriously back him in against any of their midfielders. Obviously, they got Sarong and um, a few others now. And Liam, uh, Liam, Liam Henry, Henry. Uh, yep. last two weeks, he's been on the wing. Yeah. He's been 30 touches a week. Been so, good. Um, yeah. yeah, he's been a massive talking point the last few weeks. And that's going to be a big, 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 big matchup for whoever's on him as well. Because if we yep. let him off the leash, then we're in trouble. But yeah, with Ch- Chair and Brayshaw, I think Ches can uh, hold against his own against his good mate. Yeah. Um, of course, shout out to our, our to our, our super coach um, league. Of course, we versed each other last week. Nothing more. You just got oh, the win. We? I don't know if you saw that. You I just didn't say the, it. You just got the <laughs> win, and I was so salty. I was like, God, I just wanted to beat him. But this week, I have a massive inclusion, and it's Liam Henry. So I reckon oh, if Carlton, he has if Carlton could, if Carlton wins by sixty, and Henry gets forty-five and four, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. So okay. So we'll now move on now to, of course, the rucks. Um, I know that we both have different opinions um, on who we're going to bring in as that general ruck if one of them plays. But um, I think we're going to stick with Tom DeConning, um, of course, your inclusion up against Sean Darcy. So it's a big talking point. We've obviously just touched on it um, earlier. But with this matchup, um, and, you can, and you can also touch on the second ruck if you uh, if you please as well, Duffy Boy, uh, Duffy Boy. But what are your thoughts on this matchup? Um, no, I think it's all right. I think um, Teddy K did very, very. I think that was one of his better games last year. I think it was round fifteen at Eddie had at uh, Marvel Stadium against Frio. We beat him with about um, yep. half our list injured. So mm. uh, he was really good that day against Darcy in that um, case. I think when we lost to Frio, obviously it was it was tough because Peter went out, you know, near half time. So it's hard to really get a read on that. But no, seriously, I think, you know, I rate TDK very highly and um, I've just heard um, a few hours ago that Geelong have offered a little bit more than we have. Um, they've increased their offer. So um, that'll be interesting and obviously a talking point at the end of the year. But I think right now we just need to push that aside and um, just focus on how he goes this year because it's going to be an important uh, matchup because I think Sean Darcy is very important. <laughs> I'd actually love him at Carlton, to be honest with you, if we did lose at TDK. And um, he's definitely he's definitely probably... a you know, higher level than Pitto for sure. So um, it will be tough, but I think you can run him around, like you said, with uh, Silvani, if he's on Darcy. You can run those guys around. And I feel like we did that with their Ruckman on the weekend. When we had kickouts, you could see Lewis Young and um, Soss, they just go switch. They just they run up and down each each arc. They just go from each exit, each exit. Ruckman just don't like that, especially those big fellas. So um, no, back TDK in or, or Pitto. Yeah, yeah. Um, as, as you just said, man, I think whoever comes in, um, I think it's going to be a big inclusion. And, of course, against a guy like Darcy. Darcy's probably – I would almost say he's a better Ruckman than English. I, I know that English is by far probably the, uh, the yeah, better yeah. one. But I think Darcy's, like, in terms of All-Australian, English is going to be the pick. But Darcy's yeah. just – I don't know. In terms of Ruckman, I think Darcy's mm-hmm. just a little bit better. But, um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Tom Nicotti has to um, – has, like he like he does have a big matchup to play. Um, okay, so now of course we will uh, move on to the forward line. Um, this is probably the most uh, mouth watering contest out of the forward line. Um, and I want your thoughts, Daph, if you if you think that this is going to be the matchup or if you think it's going to be someone else. So of course, hundredth gamer Charlie Kerno up against Brennan Cox. So of course, there's an Alex Pierce down there, and I don't know if he's going to go to a Mackay. He probably suits. More Harry Mackay and Cox has had a very underrated season. He's had a he's been fantastic, I think. Um, so I think he's probably a little bit of a 
of a threat, but do you think Cox will go to Charlie Kerner or do you reckon um, an Alex Pierce or someone else, maybe even a Hayden Young, I doubt it will be Hayden Young, but do you reckon it might be Cox going to Kerner or maybe a Pierce? Yeah, it's um, they've got a kind of versatile defence, I think, the Dockers. I think, you know, obviously you've got those two names in Pierce and Cox, but also Luke Ryan um, is, is that key back down there as well who, you know, racks up a lot of the footy um, out of D50. But, yeah, I think this is the matchup. I think they're kind of similar players in terms of, you know, athletes, athlete-wise. Um, I think last year they kind of switched a bit, didn't they? Um, I think in that round 15 game where I think Charlie kicked five. So, um, obviously, they're probably going to be looking at that game, the, the Dockers inter- internally and looking at how, how they can match up against Charlie. But um, I think with Charlie, when he's playing really well, it's when he's, um, you know, kind of getting his teammates involved, like I saw on the weekend. I think the last two, three weeks, he's been really, really good at that. He hasn't been just having pings at goal. There was a few inboard kicks on the weekend where he went to Oe's when he probably didn't need to, but he did. Went to Chera, I think, once. Like those kicks inside 50, those one more. Like I'd said during the Essendon game, when we were there, I said, we need that one more kick inside 50, little 45, 15-metre chip, makes it an easier kick. So, yeah. um, no, I think I think Charlie will um, get the job done against Cox or any of the defenders because, seriously, he's, he's, a, he's a top, 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 top forward. And um, whether he's kicking five or, you know, he's getting two and plenty of goal assists, I'm fine with that as long as we win. Completely great. Um, question about what you just mentioned then about Charlie Kona passing it off. What are your thoughts on that? Because I know that we, I know that there would be people out there saying, "Mate, your 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 job is to kick goals." But then there's yeah. another side of, well, if he's getting other people into the game and they're converting on goal and they're scoring, that's also what a good key forward does. So, what are your thoughts? Do you reckon? Because I saw it was quite evident to me that he was passing it off a lot, but it also worked out uh, quite well. So what are your thoughts? Do you reckon he's passing it off a little bit too much or should he just go back and trust himself to go back and get the job done? I think it's just another layer of his game. I think, he, you know, passing off the ball, is you can see with guys like Jeremy Cameron and that that's just not a part of their game, goal kicking. And I think that became a bit of his one wood during this season, Charlie. I think he thought he had to get every single goal and um, get us up and about, which was um, obviously frustrating us in terms of our other forwards weren't impacting at all. So, um, no, I really like it. I really like it. Obviously, if he's 25 metres out or he's 30 metres out and there's no other option, take the shot, right? But... If you've, if you've got an always that he's making a little little lead, hit him, yeah. hit him because you got because you know we both of us talked about how our smalls weren't making impact. But look at the last two weeks, they've made massive impact because mm-hmm. they're getting into the game. They're making little leads, little movement. But you got to reward them. Yeah. So if, as a teammate, you've got to reward them for their movement because yeah. if they're just getting leads and not getting the ball, they're not going to get the t- touches. Mm. Whether whether it's fucking Jesse Motlop or whoever is up forward, you know, you might bag him and go, oh, that's six touches. But his teammates are just having ping from 50. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. It's more like selfless. He's become a lot more selfless. I think Harry has too um, in the last couple of weeks as well. Not in terms of they were selfish, but I think it's just a more positive, um, you know, ball movement rather than, you know, going back and taking that 50-meter shot on that goal. Because I think that's why we're scoring. We get an easier goal. 100%. You know, Gary kicked two easy ones. Oe's kicked an easy one. And that was the back off the back of, um, Harry and Charlie, they're, they're, they're moving with ball in hand. So it's it really good. 
Because mm. we spoke about it at the Essen game when we went. Like, just there were yes. always ping pings outside yeah. of him. Like, mate, you've got someone leading at you. Hit him yeah. on the chest, yeah. mate. Like, it doesn't matter who it is, though. It's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's just crazy how some of the shots that, w- that would be taken outside of 50, um, especially in that Essen game, it's just um, yeah. mind-blowing. So... We'll now touch on our last segment of the night, of course, which is of uh, which is our match predictions. Daffy boy, I need your BOG best on ground. POD point of difference. W plus M winner plus margin. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you got the uh, acronym going on here, but um, <laughs> uh, best on ground for mine. Um, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Jacob Weedering. I think he's going to take. 28, Mark. Nah, I think he's going to have a really good impact on the game and um, just really have that kind of best best of the season kind of performance, best game of the season performance. I think he's been good the last month or five weeks, probably since that Sydney game. He's really kind of stepped up and got back into it. But um, if he's on, we're on. And if he's, you know, most of the time when he's on, we're, we're looking to win. So uh, best on ground and point of difference. Point of difference is always tough. Um, he's been good the last few weeks. But I think Lockie Fogarty... He's going to earn himself a contract in this next few weeks. I think he's going to get a contract extension and he's going to play another ripper um, this weekend, whether it's 18 touches like he had on the weekend or, you know, eight tu- eight crucial touches and 10 tackles. That's the way he plays. I think, you know, he kind of, that's what he gets out of his game. And he, I heard the interview after the game, he was saying um, that he, re- you know, really missed being out there and, um he says that he kind of prides himself on tackling because that actually ends up getting him touches you know, that pressure ends up getting you that reward in terms of goals and touches like that. So one thing leads to another and the way he's been playing is really good. And I think he'll stay in the side for a bit. But like I said, in the review, you know, small forwards, you can't just lock them down for four weeks and go, yeah, you're playing. So he has to perform, but I think he's been really good. Winner plus margin. It's always an interesting one. We were both very close last week. I think we had 52 and 54 and we ended up winning by 60. So that was, that was good by us. I think we're a little bit of form on the... Um, tipping kind of scale things it only took us about fucking 14 rounds to get it right so <laughs> winner, plus, <laughs> winner plus margin i've got the blues by 17 points nice like it <laughs> well once again i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a small sneak peek my winner plus margin is very close so to, to oh. your one but <clears throat> just need to clear me throat definitely boy so <laughs> um best on ground um, I, I love the option from Jacob Wiener. I was actually thinking of him earlier, but I think it's because he. It, it, I think it's because it's his hundredth game. It's not yeah. going to be Nick Newman, but it's going to be Charlie Kerno. I reckon Charlie is going to kick. I don't know how many goals he's going to kick. I'm going to have a prediction. I reckon he's going to kick four goals, one, but he's going to have yeah. a lot of the ball. So a lot of what we saw last week, where yeah. he was passing it off, he's still going to he's going to have a Harry Mackay sort of game. I reckon. Like he's going to have maybe 15 to 20 in that region and then also impact the scoreboard as well. A, a Jeremy Cameron sort of game. Um, yeah. They're very much both the same sort of key forwards. And that's what, um, that's, what's been great to see from Charlie is how he's now actually starting to get a lot of the ball now, but also the same for Harry Mackay. Um, so it's a great asset to have for both key forwards, but um, point of difference. I've gone with the, also the other um, former Docker, which is Blake Akers. Um, I reckon he's been fantastic yeah. with the past two, like the wins that we've had, he's been good. He's been good. He's been yeah, good. yeah. So it is so crucial that when he is playing well, 
the team play, the team plays well and they most likely win. Yeah. So I reckon with Blake Akers, um, I think he, his his best asset is using his football IQ. Like yeah. if he he is so creative where if he sees something that not other people can see, he goes for it. And yes, he might miss a target. And that's when supporters like us are like, oh, why? But if he's making that target, if he's kicking yeah. that, that creates another good risk. It's a good risk to take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing with Blake Akers. I reckon he's he's been I reckon he's been wrongly criticized. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I think. Um I think he's been actually quite solid. So um and and as as I spoke with my mate on the weekend that I went with, I think he gets enough of the ball. Like it's not yeah, he, he doesn't get like getting the ball isn't his problem. It's just his um his I guess skill level to execute that skill and to execute that decision making because he because he's got the IQ. It's just yeah. skill wise he needs a little bit of improvement, but I still think he's very much um up there and he's still quite underrated in my opinion. Um and winner plus margin, I've gone blue baggers by 13 points. So okay. of course we're both going in. <laughs> of course we've both Cho- uh, chosen the Blue Baggers uh, to win and will most likely go in as underdogs. You'll watch. We'll do the review episode. Freeman will win by 28 and we will just be like, <laughs> what the hell is happening? But I will and truly believe that we yeah. are better than this than this side. Our best yeah. is better than their best. That's what I'm going yeah. off. And yep. we just, there's been a different type of football the past few weeks, the past two weeks that we've won. There's been yeah. a different type of football. And that's what not a lot of supporters, like they say, you played Hawthorne, you played Gold Coast. Yes, but you still have to try and go out there and win the game. But yeah. it's been a different type of football. We beat yeah. Hawthorne by, what, 60? Yeah. Gold Coast by 59. Was that? Yeah, so yeah. Was it that much? So, yeah. Bloody hell. So, like, <laughs> like it just shows, like, stuff like that. It's just... Yeah. We are going, and we, two years ago, we were like, we can't blow sides out. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was our issue. Yeah, and the wins that we've had, I mean, most of the wins that we've had, we've actually blown the sides away. And now it's a good opponent this week. We just have to execute with our skills. But, of course, that is uh, the last segment of the episode. Daffy Boy, before we wrap up the episode, is there anything else you want to touch on? I know that you were going to the game, so make sure to touch on a few things about that. But... Is there anything else you want to touch on for the episode? I'm not really, mate. I'm just looking forward to a, a challenge, and it's good the season isn't over because it's definitely far from over. And this this game is huge. It's both teams. It's huge. Um, a lot at stake. I think it's going to be tough for us to make the eight if we lose it. Um, we still can mathematically, but I think we really need to get this game um, on our terms and um, just 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 you know, play a good brand of footy. That's all I ask because, you know, it's something that we're proud of, you know. Obviously, you don't want to lose, but if you lose, just don't lose like shit, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, have some dignity and really push it four quarters. But, um, no, nah, win would be nice and uh, a few a few frothies after the game. Yep. Couldn't have said it any better. I bloody wish I was there to, buddy, have some <laughs> frothies with you. But yeah. um, make sure to, um, oh, of course, save travels um, to, of course, uh, Perth. Um, it's going to be a great fight. And hopefully you come back and yes. the, uh, <laughs> I guess the streak of uh, over- overseas trips between the both of us <laughs> yes. is, is starting it's to... Uh, it's just, 
just unbelievable of how like where where we go out of our way to travel interstate and they give us absolutely shit. So, um, but yeah, I mean, of course, safe travels, definitely boy, and um. So all the uh, watchers and the um, viewers out there, make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Um, and of course, um, on all of our podcast platforms, make sure to try and give us some love as well. Um, I know that we are trying to do two episodes a week, but of course, next year, there's big things coming as well next year. Um, but of course, we are still in season 2023. We're still alive. Blue baggers are still alive. Hopefully they can actually start to find some form and charge towards the finals. But Daffy Boy, absolute pleasure every single week doing a uh, podcast with you and to make sure um, to you, Daffy Boy, and to all the blue baggers out there. Up the baggers. Oh, I hope the right way this week. Up the baggers. <laughs>